Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. This is The Rich Eisen Show with guest host Kirk Morrison. Let's start this program with Wyndham Clark's mother before she passed had a mantra of play big. Wyndham Clark has played bigger than the biggest names of the game. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Earlier on the show, Raven Safety, Marlon Humphrey. Coming up, golf and college football writer for The Athletic, Brody Miller. Titans defensive tackle, Jeffrey Simmons. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Kirk Morrison. Yeah, hour number two right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich. I still got my uh, golf polo shirt on. and I'm, I'm rocking it today. I'm trying to get some swings in a little bit later because you're always you're coming off of a big weekend like that. Uh, the U.S. Open, you always feel like I, I can go out and and, and play just like some of the pros. And that is just not the case. Saw some unbelievable shots this past weekend. Just the atmosphere of being there. And I know I got a lot of work. I got a lot of work. Oh, absolutely. I played on Saturday as well. Mm-hmm. Nothing makes you want to go play. If you're a golfer. Yes, sir. Nothing makes you want to go play golf more than watching one of these big time tournaments. The Masters, <laughs> the U.S. Oh, Open. Man. It's just, I need to get out and swing right now. I know I'm, I can't hit. A 280-yard, you know, cut, yes. five wood like Wyndham Clark did. But, you know, Unreal. I can get out there and still kind of hack it up and have a good time. And like, I'm going to go to the range today. I'm playing on Wednesday. Like, nice. I just got to work some stuff out because maybe one day, maybe one day I'll break 80, Kirk. Yeah. Break maybe, 80. One, maybe one day. Yeah, I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get there. If I break 80, just don't talk to me no more. Oh, it's over. Not, it's over, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm oh just going to get a card right there. You can get like a T-shirt that says, <laughs> like the golf course should literally hand out sweatshirts or little mini trophies like you used to get in T-ball. Like, I broke 80 today. Broke 80. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm telling you, somebody listening is going to get that shirt. And maybe already out there already. Somebody talking about, oh, look, I broke 80. Leave me alone. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's part of this, uh, I always say, this season of, we just had, like I said, the NBA playoffs are now done with. And you're like, man, remember, we could have had a game seven if necessary yesterday. Oh, How cool would that have that been? Would, it would have been kind of awesome. That would have been cool <laughs> because you would have had, hopefully, an early game seven that would lead you into the, you know, the final round of the U.S. Open, which would have been pretty cool. Two big, huge events going back cool. to back. And yet we didn't have to worry about that because the Nuggets took care of business in a gentleman's sweep. And then the videos of 
Nikola Jokic at the um, at his horse racing events he likes to go to. <laughs> oh, is that what happened? I totally missed those. <laughs> yes. He was at his uh, horse racing I was events. watching clips of him in Vegas. Like, yeah. Jokic <laughs> drunk in Vegas, like, drunk Michael Malone at the parade. I'm just like... <laughs> and hold on, did, maybe I missed this. What was yeah. LeBron talking about? Did when Michael Malone like yeah. call him out at the parade or something? Because I did. completely missed all of that. Oh, so the, this is the gossip. I didn't, I didn't understand what LeBron was like. Shadow. Whenever, whenever you, whenever you like miss out on something, just go to NBA Twitter. NBA Twitter will let you know what's going on. If they keep you all the way. So what happened was pretty much. Michael Malone says, "Hey, I know we just won a championship, but I'm gonna let you guys know." Um, yeah, I might be retiring at the end of this. Oh, and that's so they you know, took so the he, jab oh, and LeBron. LeBron was so, oh, retired, I guess I'm living rent free in your mind and all and that stuff. During the parade, when they introduced him, introduced him as the Lakers' daddy. The Lakers' daddy, too. Yeah, you oh, know. Well, they did sweep the Lakers. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, uh, yeah, but that's why, that's why LeBron is like, I see, you know, you're talking about me. Like, that. <laughs> he was talking about the Lakers. I mean, uh, well, they took care of business, and the Denver Nuggets gave us right. a weekend in which. I could just concentrate on golf and not have to worry about a possible Game 7 between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. So I focused on the U.S. Open, four days of the U.S. Open at the great Los Angeles Country Club, right in the heart of Los Angeles. And somebody who was covering it as well is Brody Miller, the golf and college football writer for The Athletic. You can reach him on Twitter, at Brody A. Miller. I'll just start right here, Brody. Your thoughts on... The U.S. Open, the 123rd edition, regardless, and we'll get to the winner in a second, but just your overall thoughts and pictures of what this year's U.S. Open looked like. Yeah, of course, and thanks for having me. It, it was a very strange week. I mean, I think this was probably one of the most anticipated, exciting U.S. Opens in a long time because everyone was excited to see this course that was always so well thought of and you know highly rated but no one had ever really seen let alone on television and it obviously has been all things considered a disappointing week you know i think it was uh you start with some two guys able to shoot a 62 on thursday kind of got things off to a rough start then you add in the just kind of strange crowd vibes and at first i think they were getting credit for the fact that it was only 22,000 people there, but then I think as the week went on, it was just you realize as more information comes out that the overwhelming majority of those went to members and, and the club to hand out, and only a smaller amount were for, you know, just normal GA people, and that's where most of the excitement comes. That's where most of the, the buzz is coming from. And then, you know, they didn't, they didn't allow a lot of grandstands and fans around the 18th green and 9th greens because – they, you know, I think they wanted the clubhouse to be the background. Well, that's where you need most of the excitement, and, and it, so it just felt empty and awkward on the biggest hole of the course. So it was a very weird week, and I, and I think the scoring conversation is an exhausting one, but one that I'm always happy to have because I think that did end up finishing around where you wanted. I do think the final scores were pretty tough and competitive and par golf, but as an overall event, you, know, you hear a lot about battling between the USGA and, and the and LACC. I just think it was a stressful, weird week. And I'm going to be really interested to see if they really follow through and have it here again in 2039. Yeah, I, I saw that. They'll be back uh, around here in 2039 when the, uh, hopefully the LACC is in rotation. But, but Brody, when it comes to the winner, Wyndham Clark, um, a guy who had just had one PGA Tour victory coming into the U.S. Open, and he walks away as the champion, battling toward the end and then sinking a putt to keep Rory McIlroy from getting his first uh, major in, like, what, 
eight, nine years. What do we know about Wyndham Clark now? Where where is this taking us? Is this the the PGA Tour's new star? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know if I go as far as new star, but I do think he's a a guy who is here to to hang around. You know, he's not going to be just one of those random you know major winners that we <laughs> right. get every few years, and you're just like, remember that? I, I think he's going to be around. He's going to win more tournaments. I don't know if he's going to become a star, but he's fascinating because he. I mean, three years ago, he was not even in the top 200 golfers in the world. I mean, he he was a really big amateur prospect and dealt with the loss of his mother and dealt with some struggles there. Went then, you know, we got came up, got his PGA Tour card, and I mean, just flat out was not good. I mean, it was like he missed like seven cuts in a row at one point, and he was not even in the mix. And he made some changes in the last two years, and. It's kind of quiet, right? I don't expect mm-hmm. everyone to know his name, but he has quietly been one of the better golfers in the world the last, you know, 12 months probably. You know, and he won the Wells Fargo, which is, it was an elevated event that's against the best guys in the world. He's been, you know, raking in top 10s and top 20s at pretty big tournaments. And it's like, you know, I'm not saying he's some star, but he is, you know, in the FedEx Cup rankings and things like that. Like, he was a top 10, top 15 guy this season. So it's not like this came out of nowhere. I don't and I don't know if he's going to be, you know, some great guy for the next ten years, but people should get to know him because the the year he's having right now with these two massive wins, with, he's probably going to be playing on the Ryder Cup this fall. Like that mm-hmm. feels very, very likely at this point. Probably assumed. And you know, it, he's a fascinating guy because he has dealt with all those things. He has dealt with loss and struggle and just kind of. He, he said he was ready to quit golf multiple times, just kind of hopping in the car, driving, not knowing where to go. And I think that's what makes this such a cool story is that as much as we, I think golf, we all want stars to win the big events. It's kind of cool to have a guy who, I don't know, just went out and earned it when other guys couldn't. That's a great point there. Speaking with Brody Miller, golfing college football writer for The Athletic. Uh, you mentioned it there. We, we're all about the stars, right? And I had a chance to be at LACC and, you know, you're watching the Scheffler's tee off. You're watching, you know, obviously Ricky Fowler and Rory McIlroy and some of the greats. Who do you think was more of a disappointment this week? Was it Rory not getting that next major or Ricky Fowler, who's playing in Southern California near a lot of his hometown fans, and both guys just come up a little bit short? Yeah, right, because Rory is like, that's the answer, because Rory, I mean, people have just, it's so bizarre that he is, what he is doing in majors year in, year out, the last, I don't know, four or five years, is out of this world. I mean, he is playing like, and majors, honestly, like the best golfer in the world. The right. fact that he's getting top fives and top tens this steadily in the biggest events, it's like, that's the most impressive thing. You know how good he is, and he is so beloved, and everything that's gone on with Liv the last two years, and the role he's taken in the game, and how good he is at talking and being around people, everyone wanted him to win this. Let's just call it what it is. I mean, the golf world, golf writers wanted him to win this. And I think it is just so disappointing that, and what makes it so strange is it's not like he's going out and choking St. Andrews last year, right? Yeah. He didn't choke at St. Andrews. He just couldn't quite hit that, like, big birdie putt he needed to, and then Cam Smith took it from him. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of what happened today, too. He played well. I mean, other than maybe that 14th hole where he put that ball in the bunker and missed that putt, I think right. that was the one, obviously, that he let get away from him. But other than that, he hit fairways constantly. He drove the ball out of his mind. He put the ball in greens consistently, and he just could never make that like 15, 20-foot putt, that 10-foot putt for birdie. He just couldn't make any of them. And again, that's what I think it's 
it's not that he's losing it. It's that he's lacking that ability to just go grab it, to go take it. I know it's not that simple, but sometimes Wyndham Clark just went out and grabbed it and took it. I think that's what people are hoping for out of Rory McIlroy. And with Ricky, it is disappointing just because how much. And you see, you were there, right? Like yeah. That crowd wanted Ricky Fowler. Like, Absolutely. That crowd was in love <laughs> with him. They were chanting Ricky and other vulgar chants, too. They loved him. And I think it's disappointing. It's tough, though, because not only anyone expected him to win this, right? The fact that he's having this bounce-back year and playing as well as he has all season long, really, that's enough of a big story for Ricky Fowler, I think, to have his game back. It is a bummer that the crowd didn't get a kind of embrace him, but I think Rory is who people will be talking about for the next you know, few weeks. You know, Brody, has the PGA Tour and Live Talk sort of cooled now? You had that initial like bombshell, and it was like kind of earth-shattering a little bit. And now it just seems like, for me, that the last four days, that wasn't the conversation. It wasn't the Live Tour. It wasn't the PGA Tour. It was just the U.S. Open, and it came down to the final hole, which I think ultimately is what the fans want to see regardless. No, you're totally right about that. I do think, and we, we all kind of wondered going into the week, like how much will that be a distraction? I think the consensus was what happened, and you're right. It's, it's when the balls start flying, it's just going to be, wow, we have a golf tournament. And I think you're right today where people were able to enjoy it a little more knowing right. there's no longer a war going. And I think that's right. been the case with most of the majors. that the, like We've been able to just enjoy them, but there was still that background like, wow, Brooks Kepka won it for Liv and all that stuff. And I think this <laughs> right. week it was like, oh, Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson are making runs, and Liv wasn't even really part of that storyline. And that is all... In the no matter your thoughts on the proposed you know joint venture and all that, and you're allowed to be angry about it, that is better for golf. I completely agree. But the the sad I don't know if sad's the right word, but the interesting thing will be that yes, this was a great weekend of golf. Now it's going to go right back to being the main storyline <laughs> because you know we are going to start getting more details about what it looks like. Jay Monahan, the the commissioner of the PGA yeah. Tour, just had to step away with a health scare. Uh, you know the. The U.S. government, the Justice Department are going to be looking into whether this is violating antitrust issues and all of that. It's not going anywhere is the crazy thing. But, yeah, you're right. We were, and as much as I said LACC was kind of a failure in some ways for the U.S. Open, we were fortunate to have a really great tournament, though, and a very fascinating result. You know, Brody, I think always interesting for me is that when you look at when these tournaments sort of take place, obviously I'm talking about the majors, right, the Masters, you know, generally in April, right around Easter, right? Then you have the PGA Championship which is in May. Then you June, we have the U.S. Open on Father's Day. And then we know coming up next month, we'll have uh, the Open Championship. Is there a way that golf can maybe try to spread these out a little bit more instead of just having them back to back to back? It's like, I was still recovering from Brooks's win at the PGA Championship, and then here we go. Here comes Wyndham two weeks later. It's like It feels like everything is so rushed and always felt like they could spread it out just a little bit when I feel like golf is starting to take that momentum back. I think you're right that it's taking momentum back, and it's not a bad point, but yeah, it is kind of it's happening rather <laughs> rapidly. I don't think they will ever go away from the one a month. Thing. I think that's always just kind of worked for them. It's good for eyeballs and all that. But, no, you're not wrong. I mean, the fact that, uh, I mean, next this week is the Travelers, which is, you know, a whatever tournament most of the time, but it's an elevated event this week, as you know, which means all the best guys have to go. And that means Rory McIlroy just told this crushing defeat, and I used to hop on a flight across the country mm. to Connecticut to go play in a tournament that he probably doesn't want to play in. That is kind of a wild you know, aspect. And as much as... I don't think they'll go away from one major a month. And plus, the PGA Tour and that doesn't even have control of that. 
I do think, you know, what happens in the next few weeks with when the schedule comes out for what this new joint venture looks like and what all that, that is going to be really interesting to see how they map out schedules, how they try to balance it out. So like you said, own the calendar more. And I think that's so important. I I think, you know, then you have the FedEx Cup, which will take over all of August and that'll be the big thing. And and fall golf is always just kind of an off season if we're being really honest with some small events. Do they try to spread things out and get more going in the fall? Does live become more of a fall concept or something? I don't know. But to answer your question, I don't think they'll ever change that, but I do think there's a conversation to be had. We're speaking with golf and college football writer for The Athletic, Brody Miller. You can reach him on Twitter, at Brody A. Miller. You mentioned that fall golf is probably not a thing because we know what's coming up in the fall college football Brody we we already know what's going on and I was talking to the guys a little bit earlier I saw something over the weekend and it it just it didn't look right it didn't feel right but you know what's happening and I saw USC recruits taking pictures in in the USC uniform without the Pac-12 logo but with the Big Ten logo like it just it's starting to hit me that in one more season this is like the last college football season upcoming of, I guess, in its purest form before we got to get used to realignment as we head into this college football season, which obviously is the next one up, the next big season that's going to start. What what are your top storylines as we start to prepare for the 2023 college football season? Ooh, yeah, I'm, it's tough, yeah, because so many of the biggest stories of college football, like you said, are what are coming in 2025 right, or 2024 right. and how it's going to change. This season, though, it's going to be – I mean, I'm all in on this year because two of the programs, right, that I think we all collectively assume are top five teams, the defending champs, Georgia, right. Alabama, those are two programs that are in rebuild – not rebuild, but they're reshuffling. Yeah. I mean, they're losing both the quarterback, both coordinators – on both schools and and you know I, yeah. I think that's undervalued how much continuity matters in college football and how much hey it's okay to lose one of those things and i assume both those teams are going to be really good because guess right. what the bama and georgia right but that's not going to be just some simple thing i think both those teams lose at least one game this year maybe two wow. what what happens with the lsus you know a team that is very deep is very experienced has some really top tier talent some guys coming up you know, is that experience more valuable than the talent of an Alabama, even though they're, you know, more inexperienced, things like that? I think that's, you know, the juicy thing to me, but also that quarterback race. So Caleb Williams and Drake right. May, I want to watch that. All the eyeballs on Caleb Williams this year, but don't forget about Drake May. So I think those are the things that really jump out to me. Last question before I let you go, Brody. We just saw Wyndham Clark take the big tournament, right? The U.S. Open. He's like the big star now that everyone's going to be talking about. When we get to the upcoming college football season, outside of Caleb Williams and Drake May, who I've both <laughs> seen play, who is that big star that you think no one's talking enough about but could have a huge, huge season and everyone's talking about him at the end of the year? Ooh, should we have some fun and go defense? I think yeah. <laughs> I think I'll go Mason Smith and, uh, and Harold Perkins LSU on defense. I mean, wow. Mason Smith's the guy who – should be this year's, you know, Jordan Davis or this year's Jalen Carter. He is a six foot six, three hundred pound freak, and he yeah. was going to become it last year. And then the first half of the first game of the year towards ACL. I mean, that guy could be a top five pick if, if all goes right. And I think he's going to be a big name. And and the world already fell in love with Harold Perkins last year, but yeah. now they're going to really follow it because they know him. I think Harold Perkins, what they do with him, he's moving inside linebacker. He is one of the most explosive players in the country. I think I'm. I'm really just excited to watch those guys play on top of 
you know, some other guys maybe on the offensive side of the ball. Oh, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. Got to wait. Oh, can August get here? Finally, Brody. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <Play> soon, man. <laughs> hey, Brody, I appreciate the time, man. Good to talk to you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Take care. All right. That's the golf and college football writer for the athletic Brody Miller. Reach him on Twitter at Brody A. Miller. I'm so excited about college football. He mentioned Perkins from LSU, man. The dude, I, I'm just giving you a little heads up. Has some should I should I whisper this because TJ gets all excited? He's got some Micah Parsons esque oh, kind of oh, skill oh, set. Oh. I know. I'm saying he's that kind of player. So be interesting to see him. But uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the U.S. Open. I just got a couple more things on that before we get off of the, of the U.S. Open. I got my top ten takeaways. My top ten takes. I like it from this past weekend at the LACC. And you know what? We're going to go over that coming up next right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. And I should know, they kept my car on the road, and they do it with a smile on their face. They offer friendly service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. And that comes in so welcome when your car needs to be put back together, and they do it with a smile so you know you're being taken care of. They got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And guess what? You should not miss Power Torque Tools DIY days at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Power Torque hand tools come in with a lifetime guarantee, and right now you can save big on Power Torque hand tools, power tools, jacks, and more. Get great deals on a wide range of Power Torque jacks and jack stands, including two-ton jack stands and up to three-and-a-half-ton floor jacks. Let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts help you find the right power torque tools for your next DIY project. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Then I went to Frederick, Maryland. Okay. Frederick Keys. Frederick Keys. And they Maryland. made these bobbleheads, of which this is one of. Oh my God, a Shooter McGavin bobblehead. Shooter McGavin bobblehead. Yes. <laughs> so, guys, awesome. Yeah, we, here it is. Amazing. There it is. We'll have to place this in a in a very special spot here. It's pretty funny. That. He's got the guns out, double <laughs> barrels, <laughs> leaning on his putter. It's pretty funny. Isn't this amazing? Did you realize when you were doing that, Happy Gilmore, that that would be? Something that would stick with you for the rest of your no career. idea. I don't think anybody knows when they make a movie if it's gonna you know have legs like this. When it first came out, it was a moderate hit, but now, right, people love it and quote it. But it's neat it's that you own this Shooter McGavin thing. Some other actors, I think, might not do that. Um, well, yeah, I, I I enjoyed the movie. I was a joy working with Adam and and Dennis Dugan. These wonderful writers, and you know, it's just Judd Apatow was a co-writer, and these guys are they're you know comedy gold. So right. to be with them and to have this movie last as long as it has. It's opened a lot of doors up for me, you know, personally and sure, and then professionally. So it's just been a gas. And did you come up with the, the the shooting? Yeah, I had no idea why they called him shooter. Nobody told me anything, so I just started making putts and going shooter. 
But the, so that was your that was yeah, your call. That was my call. And that, and the very funny thing about this movie, I've told this story, but I, forgive me if I've told you before. It's but okay, go for it. End of the movie. You know how I hate in a, in a golf movie where they cut to the hole and the ball rolls in. I want to say, could you please let me make it? It's about a 32 footer, mm-hmm. and it's not on a, it's not on a golf green. It's on a botanical garden. So they, he, he told me he'd give me like seven tries, and that's try five, and I lifted out twice. But people were betting the crew was going, "Yeah, we gotta do this." And so you see who your friend is. And when nice. I put when I put that baby in there, and I did it, choke on that baby, and I just did that whole shooter shimmy thing at the end. <laughs> That's the one they left in the movie, and it's so freaking, so freaking wrong. <laughs> Fantastic. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished. By Granger, with supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. So my uh, U.S. Open euphoria is about to end. Um, I'm trying to just keep it all into this last segment as we I turn the page, right? Just like Bill Belichick says, it's 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 on to the next sport, or it's on to the next, right? I I have to get excited about the NBA draft this week. <laughs> You're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> think about the NBA draft is this week. No one's talking about it, right? Well, it but, starts at pick two, right? I right. Guess. But it's like you know, the NFL has set such a high bar for the I mean, drafts, it's man. Sad. It's just you know, we talk draft for like two months, and it is like really like exciting guys I moving up. Mock draft. I mock don't draft part three outside of right. Victor Wimbanyama. I don't like Scoot Henderson. I Brandon think, Miller. Those are Brandon the, Miller. Those, those are the only three. three yeah. After that, couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. So I have to rely on Big Perk to tell me, <laughs> I like this guy. I like this guy. He's an inside-outside player. He can. That's it. That's all. Everybody said, he's, I like this guy. He's going to be this. And then I just don't. You might want to get more than one opinion, well, though, on these. Yeah, I, I get more and more opinions. So No, I'm saying more than just Big Perk. <laughs> that's what I'm going to be. I got to watch you know, the coverage on Thursday. After Victor Wimbanyama, it's just, okay, who gets traded, who doesn't? They're trying to give some, you know, information. You got, like, the battle between Shams and what was going on. Like, that's really the, what the NBA yeah, draft yeah, is right. about. Who's got more information? Who's more plugged in yeah. on the inside? Who tips so. the picks quickest? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's all about that. Yeah. You see, speaking of Shams, he reported this morning that Draymond opted out of his $27.5 million he contract. Did. So now he's a – Player yeah, player option. Player option. Yeah, the Golden State yeah. Warriors, and four-time NBA champion Draymond Green, which we already knew he was going to decline the option because it's just a one-year deal. So you decline the option because I want more guaranteed money, mm-hmm. but more yeah, importantly, I want yeah. extended years. I, I got a new general manager in Mike Dunleavy Jr., who I believe that they no, they didn't play. They think they did play together did at one really? point. Yeah, I think at the end of the uh, Dunleavy Jr. This is before the Warriors were. And my air quotes, the <laughs> Warriors. Um, Why'd you so, air quote that? Why well, air quote? Because, you know, I, yeah. I've been a fan for a long, long time. And yeah, so but they had, people Warriors think like the Warriors just came 15. about in 2017. No, like, like I'm still one of the, you know, I, I still thought we should have kept Monte Ellis over Steph Curry. And you know, obviously <laughs> okay. that was one of my Monte, worst takes. Ellis. <laughs> I'm one of, the, one of the worst takes ever. Hey, but Monte that just goes bucket, to show you my man. fandom. He, Monte he, he was score. a bucket, Right. That's yeah. what, that just shows you my fandom. Like, here's this dude who can't keep his ankles together. And yet Monte's giving us buckets. Yeah, so. I remember that too, Kirk. A lot of people don't because, you know, when Steph came into the league, he, right. he did have those ankle injuries. And it seemed to like 
I can't remember if he if he really did get hurt every year, but it seemed like every time you heard, oh yeah, he hurt his ankle again. Yeah. So you, uh, no one could have predicted that the current yeah. Steph Curry that we had and at Davidson was going, be, was going to exist based upon how he started. Well, you remember too, uh, and at Davidson, Steph Curry wore that like triple X jersey. It seemed like so he looked like he was like <laughs> nine years old playing college <laughs> basketball, and then he gets to the NBA. You're like, how's this young high schooler going to be able to? And he's grown into his NBA body. Mm-hmm. And he's actually a lot taller than people give him credit for. I stood next to him. I'm like, okay, you're kind of tall, Steph. <laughs> he's actually more like in the 6'2", 6'3", kind of rangy, yeah. more so than when he looks on the court around all these guys who 6'10", 6'11", mm-hmm. he looks a little shorter. Monta so. Ellis, from 09 to 2011, 25 and a half. And oh, then he was 20, a bucket. And then 24 a game. He could pour it. He, could, he was a bucket. He was a bucket. So that's what I'm looking forward to this week. We'll see what the NBA draft. And we got Howard Beck coming up in the next hour as well. So he can talk about um, – I feel like Kevin Durant is just wants to play with everybody in the league at some point. <laughs> I just saw the list of players that have actually played with Kevin Durant uh, as a teammate. Uh, the list keeps going and going. But I got a list I wanted to get to. Here's my top list. 10. My, list. my top 10 takeaways from the U.S. Open. You ready? On, Let's go. All right, here we go. Put the list up. Whew. All right, they're coming up real quick. Number one. This is no, 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 no. You don't start with number one, Kurt. No, no, no. Well, the first one. You start. Okay. I, gotcha. I, I don't have a. This is just my ten takeaways. <laughs> it's, it's not a top ten. I'm not, it's not yeah, a like brrr, okay, top ten. Right. Here's I was about ten, to nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, <laughs> two, one. No, there's a bunch. Um, so number one, I had on on my list. Not number one, but just one of them. I saw a lot of people this weekend. A lot of people. <laughs> And uh, one of them I was reminded of when I walked into the studio today. Because when you go to big events, you're always like, man, this is so cool. And we take pictures to remember it always, right? But then you always realize when you walk by the gift shop, the memorabilia shop. Gear guy. You got to be souvenir guy. (laughs) And souvenir guy, as soon as I walked in, was Chris Brockman over here. Yeah. He's souvenir guy. He's got his uh, 123rd edition, the U.S. Open sweatshirt on. And so for me, I end up spending a lot more than I want to because so much. I brought. I ended up bringing my daughter and my my daughter, my youngest son, on Friday. They got done. It was on the way home, and I had a little entrance at the U.S. Open, which shall remain nameless. Mike Del Tufo. Don't tell everybody my entrance that I went in, (laughs) but it was a you know kind of a hidden entrance that I brought the kids through. We walked in and, um, you know, had a little family time. My daughter says, don't take me back. It is too much walking. (laughs) (laughs) But when I told her we're going to the gift shop, their faces lit up. So took them to the gift shop and bought her a shirt, bought bag tags. We bought everything. So I was souvenir guy. Nice. And and that's one of the big takeaways is that when you go into like a gift shop, even on vacations, anywhere you go, you always need something to hold on to that memory. I think I overdid it <laughs> at the gift shop. Souvenir guy. So that's the one thing uh, I have on my my list of 10 things here. <laughs> Too much money. Uh, next thing is uh, the reference to Lionel Richie's house. Oh, my gosh. How many times did they reference Lionel Richie's house? 8,000. <laughs> oh, right. Lionel Richie's house. Wait, that's Lionel Richie's house? Yeah, that's really his yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the yeah, LAC. Which it's kind of funny because I did read up on, I guess, the um, 
initial fee or the members fee to actually is like 250 to 300 250 to 300 to get in but they don't accept celebrities no entertainers no entertainers yep so Lionel Richie is right there on hole four but yet he's a celebrity he can't be a part of the golf course can't play can't play (laughs) he can go out on his back in his balcony he go out on the patio wait a second cheer the guy out yes time 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 out yes that's Lionel Richie's house yes that's when them fire Lionel Richie dancing on the ceiling yes that's his crib and yet he can't go in his backyard and play he can't walk down on his can't go play can't go play can't go play yo that seems racist to me it's just no no celebrities it is a non-celebrity against celebrities so Hugh, wild, so Hugh Hefner, uh, the Playboy Mansion is right up against the 13th yes. green, green and the 14th tee. Mm-hmm. You can still hear the monkeys and the birds and stuff while you yeah. tee off on 14. Hugh Hefner tried to become a member at LACC forever, and they wouldn't mm-hmm. let him in. Wow. Told That's him no. crazy. Told him, oh, that oh. fence, I'd be playing at so night. He said, right? oh, no, you right. won't let me in? Watch this. Cool, I'm going to get more animals. And he got, <laughs> yeah. he got animals over there on the 13th. Yeah. So was Lionel there? Was he peeping from the balcony? I'm not sure. Him like Commodore. They didn't show him, but no. they mentioned yeah. his I house mentioned every single commercial. I think he's on yeah. tour right now. Oh, okay. Um, he left. Dancing the <laughs> the third, one of the third take, the third takeaway, number three, or one of the things I uh, also noticed: when did golf turn into sweets? Like oh, when nuts. did the, when did the sweets and the seating? When I grew up, and when I just watching golf was always about people along the fairways and along the greens, and you would be rows. And I remember back in 2009, I remember when I was at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. It was. Same thing. People, you walk the greens and you had all of this open space. Now, it was like the suites. And what really bothered me the most was that I was not in one. <laughs> <laughs> I was not in the suites. Yeah. But the crazier part was that I had a, my transistor radio in. Shout out to my guy, Taylor Zarzer, and, and the coverage that the guys over at SiriusXM had. Um, the people in the suites or the grandstands and all of that, the suites actually had a television. Yeah. So you could always hear them saying, oh, and then everybody's looking around like, what happened? What happened? What happened? And I have the transistor radio in my ear. So I'm telling the people who are next to me who don't have any idea. I was like, oh, Roy just missed a birdie putt or, oh, Wyndham Clark just hit bogey. Yeah. So I'm just thinking like the whole suite thing. I get it at the waste management in Phoenix. That's like the whole 16 is the you know, part three, it's, part three. Going crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a party hole, but that's what I think the USGA is now moving towards. Now and they're moving toward this more corporate suite situation, which also leads into my other sort of takeaway from this weekend guys was that everyone says, Oh, there wasn't a lot of fan interaction or a lot of fans. Well, I said this, look, you're in Los Angeles, Los Angeles actually we, you're used to this. The U.S. Open is huge, but L.A. is used to having World Series, NBA Finals, Stanley Cup, big events, the Grammys, American Music Awards. So when it comes to events, people are like, oh, there was nobody. There was no Rockets fans because we know how to behave. <laughs> you know, we know how to act at big events. So that's another takeaway that I have. Um. Another one that I have is, isn't it always cool now that you just know that the U.S. Open is probably the best Father's Day event? Because oh, I kept thinking Father's about, Day like, weekend. think about events that you can, like, go with your dad. You know what I mean? 
father, your grandfather, all that. It's a great event for Father's Day weekend, right? How many times I just watched every, you know, watched all the guys and you, you saw, you know, the, the matching hats and polo shirts and, the, you know, dads with their sons. I thought it was a cool event. And I think when I think of Father's Day weekend sporting event, U.S. Open is like top tier, right? When I think of now Easter, around Easter, I'm always thinking of, obviously, the uh, Masters yep. is right around that time. Um, but I can't really think of a lot of events that kind of correlate with a special yeah, there's day. There's been a lot of big uh, NBA Finals moments. Yeah, Finals uh, day, Michael Jordan, yeah, MJ, the basketball, uh, yeah. yeah. When it beating the Sonics and finally getting over the hump. So usually sometimes, like you said, there would have been a Game 7 right. uh, on Sunday had, had Miami been able to push Denver. But yeah, U.S. Open, Father's Day, lock it in. It's, it's every single year. It's so special. Yeah, uh, another one here on, on my list. I uh, make sure you just schedule a recovery day. <laughs> yeah, people, so you know, for a lot of people who are listening and the people who are watching, I do have shorts on underneath the desk. Yeah, yeah, I'm on recovery day. <laughs> it, 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 I walked a lot. I got my steps in. What do you got? What do you got for numbers? I don't have. Check I, back the week. So I will. I will click back. I will do that during the break. I will give All you right. my numbers at, but. I got some steps in. Got to be twenty thousand plus. Oh my god! Right? Easily, yeah. easily. Steps were steps were steps. I was stepping. Okay, <laughs> I was stepping. I'll just say like like that. So I got my steps in. Got a lot of exercise and was great with the cloud coverage earlier in the tournament. Yeah. Compared to like the last Saturday and Sunday when that cloud coverage was over, it was just cold. it was it was too hot. Uh, another one here on my uh, takeaways from the U.S. Open. Wyndham is not just a hotel. <laughs> He is now a major champion. Think about that. And there actually is a Wyndham uh, actual tournament, the Wyndham Championship. Yep. And uh, Wyndham Clark has actually uh, missed the cut twice, and he <laughs> tied for 81st. So now the Wyndham Championship takes on bigger significance, and I think it's actually upcoming. It's, it hasn't happened yet. So in August, Wyndham Clark could be playing in the Wyndham Championship. Think about how cool that is. Man, this dude <laughs> missed a cut in four of six majors that hey. he previously played in. Wins on his seventh. Unreal. That's how unreal goes. You just need one good weekend. One good weekend. One good weekend. One good Everything's weekend. rolling. All the luck goes your way. Uh, a couple more for you. A couple more for you here. Uh, I was by uh, Golf Guy. So I was standing by Golf Guy. I was on the 10th hole, and I was just happened to be standing there. And uh, Padraig Harrington. He hit one, and you always see it on TV when it happens, but I saw it live in person where the ball actually hit somebody. (laughs) (laughs) And the guy was, I mean, it barely tapped him, but it hit him, and he was like, oh. But I saw how the officials, they come over, and they mark the ball, and they spread everybody around, like, no, scoot out of the way, get out of the way. And then Harrington's, uh, his caddy comes over, hey, give us a little more. He needs a little more room. So, now I'm pushed all the way, but I still got a nice little sight view of what's about to happen. He's about to take a shot. But I happen to be standing behind Golf Guy who's with his lady. Uh-oh. So Golf Guy, you already know, yeah, babe, he's, he does all he can do is lay up right here. So he's probably just going to hit it over here in the fairway just to give him a nice little shot. <laughs> probably try to save par. Just mansplaining right, yeah. everything he's that's happening. And, and the, she's like eating it up. She's like, oh, okay, cool, cool, okay. And all Harrington does comes over i think he grabs i want to say he grabbed maybe like a seven or a six comes over now this is how i know i'm just a bad golfer because for me i probably would have did what golf guy was saying <laughs> and yet these are true professionals harrington 
hits one up onto the green from this almost obstructed view that he had. He gets it up on the green. Now he's trying to shoot for birdie. And so golf guys totally wrong. And that's why you don't listen to golf. Like, oh man, yeah, that was, I, I didn't see that. And I was like, yeah, golf guy, relax golf guy. But I just thought that was funny because golf guy was really trying to impress his lady. And he just was just flat out wrong. So. Hey, whatever works. <laughs> uh, last one here. This is what I, what a last one here. And this is my final takeaway. After seeing some players hit, and after watching a lot of the guys on Thursday and Friday who actually missed the cut, I'm not as bad as a golfer as I really thought. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not Roy McElroy. I'm not Scotty Scheffler. I'm not a, but I'm also not as bad as, as my guy Xander Shoffley. Uh, yesterday, I was also again I was on the hole number ten. He almost had a snowman. He triple bogeyed. He did some things, and I'm like. That's not a. I do that. Like yeah, you're yeah. not supposed to triple bogey. I triple bogeyed uh, a couple Dustin times. Dustin Johnson had a snowman on yes. one of the holes. Hole two on third on Friday. Yeah. Yes. Like, he, what? He had an eight. Yeah. So I know I'm not the greatest golfer, but I also saw some shots this weekend and said, "Hey, I could have done that." And that's it. That that was my takeaways from Good. the. Uh, I like it. Any the, US uh, the only other question I have. Sure. You, you hit at everything. It's. So cool, you were out there every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, any big celeb sightings? What were the big? You see anybody walking around? I saw Larry Fitzgerald on the broadcast. They were showing some of the guys who were out there walking around. Yeah, uh, one of my good friends is uh, Manolo Vega. Uh, Manolo teaches golf. I hung out with him for a little bit. He is a riot. Yeah, that dude's hilarious. He is hilarious, and you know he's uh you're around him and some of the other guys in the the TV compound area, right? There's like a lot of TV guys that you see. Um, but the one thing about, and, and this is what I was saying about this tournament and moving forward, is like when you come to golf, you just come as you are. You're just an ordinary person. Mm-hmm. Like there is no courtside seats. There are no behind the, the catcher, you know, behind home plate. Nope. There is no like, hey, look at me. I'm here. It's not about what you wear. It's not Mar- about- Marlon's man isn't walking around. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so Marlon's man. <laughs> he probably he was there. <laughs> Marlon's guy in his jersey. Like, you don't have that, right? It's just everybody just coming to enjoy. I feel like it's just a level playing field of people who enjoy being out on a, you know, Saturday or Sunday, walking the greens, having a good time. So I enjoyed that part of it as well. And I think moving forward, I wish there were like other events like that you know what i mean just outside of golf maybe because i know the u.s opens coming up for tennis but you gotta have you know yeah. you gotta have tickets for that you gotta have the yeah, yeah. Well, wimbledon yeah. is coming up too yeah. right wimbledon's next wimbledon's yeah. next yeah. coming up when it comes to tennis so those are like little things that now like i've there's more events that i still got to check off the bucket list i need to get to the masters i want to get to the masters i haven't been to the u.s open in new york so i want to go there i want to i was actually near wimbledon but i didn't go Actually, was on a layover in London, uh, uh, <laughs> and everybody's no, like, no. "Are you?" They're like, you see the black guy in the in the airport. They're like, "Are you here for Wimbledon?" No, I'm not here for Wimbledon. <laughs> I'm just passing through, man. Just passing. Through. I'm on a connection flight. You know what I mean? So, but but it was a good weekend. And uh, yeah, now great sports weekend. I, I I shift over towards in my free time now. I tend to start looking at NFL stuff. I start, I'm starting to get my schedule, get my calendar together. We know when the preseason games are. I know when the 
obviously the training camps are now starting. So we're putting this schedule together. I'll be, I'm going to go to about four training camps, four or five training nice. camps, start to see some of these teams and get ready for the long haul of a season of what we're doing. But I know it was something that we talked about a little bit earlier, and I, I'll bring it up here, but there's something that certain NFL players do, and it just drives me crazy because – the fans just love it. They just love it. And every time I see it, I'm like, he's just doing this for a reason. And I'll tell you what I'm talking about coming up next, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Just a real basic question. What the hell are you thinking? Uh, What are you doing out there? You know, just tackling a challenge that most wouldn't do. (laughs) I would say. So, um, why? Why'd you do it? uh, Just trying out my new booster package (laughs) that I was working on this year. (laughs) For me, though, it's, it's literally like, would you rather live and die Mm-hmm. Would you rather die and never live? So when I jumped it the first time, um, everybody started like cheering and yelling. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. And then I did it the second time, and then I heard this word, El Salvador, El Salvador. <laughs> and I didn't know what that means. <laughs> I left that one day, and then I started hearing that through the streets, and I was like, okay, whatever. And I came back the second day, did it again, and they stopped the music and everything. Get and out they of here. just started yelling that in the stands. To you? To me. Like me now, I'm a football player here in the States. Sure. Correct? Yes, sir. They don't know me from Adam House. Josh they Josh don't, Norman is not out there in Pamplona. Else. When I get there, yeah. and they start chanting that name. So I'm like a hero in Spain almost. 
not even back here. Let me, so hold on a second. This is bananas. Let me get this down so I I can use this on on, on any host of shows this (laughs) NFL season. El Satador? Yes, it's like the jumper. El Satador. Like the Matador? Yes. Like the Matador is like the jumper, so. I would love to just one second in my life (laughs) to have the words El Satador chanted to me. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, Kirk Borson here, filling in for Rich. And it is that time of year. It is a time of year where it gets on my nerves a little bit. But a lot of us, I would say football fans, you get thirsty for content. There is no content right now. There is no content. All football players, we just had... Marlon Humphrey on, he told you, I'm on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm relaxing. Probably, you know, we have Jeffrey Simmons coming up in about 12 minutes at the top of the hour. Uh, we'll talk to him. Jeffrey Simmons, a defensive tackle, one of the highest paid defensive tackles. Just got paid. He just got paid, yes, Ooh, for the baby. Tennessee Titans. He'll, we'll talk to him about how does he, you know, go about the offseason and now the little time off before training camp starts. But, you know, you get away from football, you get away from a little bit. But it also is time now for the, uh, I, I won't call them thirst traps. I call them uh, workout traps. How about that? Workout traps. That's a new thing. Where a player, NFL player, will show a video or post a video of them working out. And I've seen, because I like to look at the message boards, you know, different fan pages or team team fan pages and how excited people look like, Oh my God, look at him working out. He looks great. Uh, and then they forget all about it coming up. But there's one player who just posted one and you hate to give it the, uh, you know, sort of the publicity, but I can't help it. <laughs> Cause I feel like he's just, he's the guy that we continue to just either you're a fan or you're not. I'm a fan of his game. But sometimes what he does off the field is just. <laughs> but the, the video circulating around the uh, the internet or around the web, or the Spider Verse is Russell Wilson. And, it, and look, it's a good workout. I mean, but it's showing him doing on the uh, the slide board. It's showing him doing all of his workouts and movements. Uh, I will say he does look like a much more in shape. Mm-hmm in uh, more leaner-looking Russell Wilson. Um, But he's doing his workouts, and I just go straight to the comments a lot of times. This was posted on the at Danger Russ Wilson. And you tend to look at the comments, and all the Broncos fans, oh, comeback season, here he is. And I think think it is Russell Wilson who hashtags. What did he hashtag, Brockman? Uh, Restoration season. Restoration season. Comeback season. I don't know what that means. Uh, I don't know. Hardware, good place. That's what I said. Restoration hardware. That's the first thing I put. It's actually got valet parking here in LA, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Restoration (laughs) hardware. Uh, But But I can't think of like when Russell Wilson posts stuff like this. Um, you know, I think he's he has to take the place of the look at me guy of the NFL. Uh, one of them retired great good guy and J.J. Watt. Remember J.J. Watt would post his pictures and all everybody's like, oh my God, look at J.J. Watt. He's ready. You know, he's going to take this league over this year. Same with Russell Wilson. He's the guy that looks at you know, T. 
tends to go out and say, oh, I'm just being me. I'm just being me. Mm-hmm. But people eat it up. Fans eat it up. And I've seen fans look at players who um, show workout videos. And, oh, man, he's dialed in. He's... But we just talked to Marlon Humphrey. says, yeah, I work out in the morning. I do my own thing. I don't need a trainer. I just work out. I'll be ready to go. Football season comes around. But I got other things to do. Right? I got other time to lay down, relax, get my mind away from football. But I always laugh at the fans' reaction when their players or favorite players post a video of them working out. And I say, that's what players are actually supposed to be doing, you know? <laughs> so if I post a workout, it's just, just posting a workout. Like, oh, my God, look at him. He's lifting weights. Like, duh, he's going to lift weights. He's running because he's going to be running come fall. Like, he's sprinting. Oh, my God, he's... This is what you do. This is NFL offseason. This is what happens. The focus should be more on get some time away. Clear the mind. I'm not saying going on one of these darkness retreats like Aaron Rodgers, but I always reflect on my own career. And I always thought about the time that you have to get away from football to truly love it. Because people people always ask me, man, how much do you miss it? It's like, oh, I missed the locker room. I miss. Mm-hmm. But this is a part of the NFL that guys will tell you, you question it. You question your love for football when you get to training camp because you just want to play games. But it's the preparation that leads you up to that part. So you need to take away, refresh, get your mind right, understand why you're doing it, what you're doing it. Everyone has different reasons of why they do it. But you take that time away. And for me, it was always 4th of July. When 4th of July came, that was it. It's over. It is all football. Like LeBron used to call it zero dark 30. That's what it is. Don't talk to me. Don't bother me. It is I am getting ready and preparing myself to play football all the way until right around President's Day weekend. (laughs) But – Never made the playoffs, so I was usually done around New Year's. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never made the playoffs. Your season, your season was five months on the nose. <laughs> it was like, man, one, two, three, Cancun. Uh, yeah, that was me. So you learn a lot along the way. That's the hard part, I think, about people. I mean, the, the hard part about the sacrifice is that no matter how much effort, hard work that you put into, like we put a show together, everyone puts their pieces in, and, and, and we're all a part of this together. And we make a great show. You do a great show. In the NFL, you can do all the hard work, all the studying, all of the weightlifting and all of that. And yet, you can go out on Sunday and lose a football game. That's That was the hardest part for me. I remember the first game that we lost. I was a rookie. First game. Lost to Tom Brady and the Patriots. (laughs) I go into the locker room. You weren't alone. Everyone lost. I know. I was going to say a lot of people. I remember going into the locker room, and I was in, like, real tears. Like, I was like, and had one of my vets come up and slap me up. I said, boy, get out of here, man. Can't cry over spilled milk. That game over with. And that's what kind of whipped me into shape into the National Football League. Hey, you can't cry over what already has happened. Only thing that you can do is move forward. The only thing that you can do is be better the next game. Because if you're worried about last game, you've already lost the game ahead. And it's those moments that you take and you move on. And then guess what? They become metaphors for life. <laughs> so I tell my son, hey, I don't care you failed that test. Guess what? You better get an A on the next one. <laughs> That's just how it is. Metaphors for life you learn in the National Football League.